A Focus Summary of the First Half of Act Two of Cyrano de Bergerac The second act takes place in the shop of Ragano. It is a scene abounding with deliciousness. Roast fowls weeping into their dripping pans, game hung from hooks like some gastronomic chandelier, pastries and pyramids, copper pots and pans gleaming. At a little table in the corner, Ragano sits, writing poetry. As his pastry cooks parade in to show him their creations, Ragano lays aside his poetry and returns to mere earth. With each one, he offers suggestions for improvement in poetic terms. He is especially delighted by one in particular, a lyre in puff paste, with jewels of candied fruit and strings of barley sugar. In his eyes, it is the perfect harmony of poetry and pastry. In the eyes of his wife, Lise, it is ridiculous. Ragano is at first grateful when he sees that Lise has prepared bags in which to package the pastries, but he is horrified to discover that she has made them from the works of his poets. In her mind, they ought to make some profit off the moochers who eat half their stock in trade. When some children who come in to buy a few little patties ask that Ragano wrap them in a bag, he considers one, then another, chooses one, and is still unable to part with it. So he waits till Lise's back is turned and says that if they give it back, they will have six patties instead of three. Cyrano appears, and Ragano greets him with awestruck admiration as he praises him for his duel in rhyme, punctuating his praise with his own delighted reenactment. When Cyrano shakes hands with Lise, Ragano notices that his hand is wounded, and he asks what danger he has faced now. Cyrano lightly dismisses the question, and then, changing his tone, tells Ragano he is there to meet someone, and they must be alone. A musketeer enters and loudly announces his arrival to Lise. When Cyrano asks who he is, Ragano calls him Lise's friend and a terrific warrior, so he says. Cyrano asks for a pen and sits down to write, confessing under his breath the difficulty of speaking his love to Roxanne directly, and the ease of putting on paper the letter he has written on his heart a hundred times. As he writes, Ragano's poets enter, to meet with their cupid of cookery, or, in the more cynical eyes of Lee's, to break their fast. After they surround, embrace, and fawn over their patron, they explain that they had been delayed by the crowd at the Port de Nell. When they say that eight men were killed there, Cyrano, still writing, raises his head for a moment to say he thought it had been only seven. But when Ragano asks Cyrano whether he knows the hero of this hecatomb, he says no. When Lisa's musketeer is asked the same question, he says suggestively, perhaps. What follows is an amusing juxtaposition, as the poets recount the devastation wreaked by some savage monster, and the monster sits among them, composing a love letter, which includes, Looking upon you, I grow faint with fear. The poets ask to hear Ragano's latest creation, and as he declaims a recipe in rhyme, they listen attentively and eat greedily. Cyrano tells Ragano to observe how they fatten themselves, but Ragano says he would not do so for fear of embarrassing them. 
and anyway, he is flattered equally by their love of his verses and his cooking. As Ragano goes off, Cyrano calls him a good little soul. Then, turning to Lise, he issues a warning meant for her musketeer to overhear, that he allows no one to take advantage of his friend. Lise asks the musketeer if he's going to take that, saying he ought to pull Cyrano's nose. At the mere mention of the nose, this self-declared warrior runs out the door. At last, Roxanne arrives with her duenna, and at a sign from Cyrano, Ragano leads his poets away. Cyrano fills the duenna's arms with pastries and sends her outside, telling her not to return until she has finished them. Alone with Roxanne, he asks what she has come to tell him. First, she thanks him for making sport of the man de Guiche would force upon her as a husband. Then, she reflects on the happy days of their childhood, when she would play mother to him and tend his playtime wounds. Reenacting this scene, she discovers that his hand is wounded, and he tells her he got this one playing with the big boys at the Port Donnell. She wants to know more, but he wants to know what she had come to tell him. She says she is in love, and Cyrano listens breathlessly, able only to utter monosyllables, as each new description of the man she loves sounds like it might be he. He does not know. He is afraid of her. He is a soldier, in Cyrano's own regiment. He is proud, noble, young, beautiful. And at the word beautiful, Cyrano's dreams are shattered. She says they have never spoken, and Cyrano asks what she, who loves wit and words, will do if he is a fool. Roxanne answers, Then I shall die. Her love's name is Baron Christian de Nevillette. He is a new recruit to the guards, and a Norman among proud Gascons. She fears he will be mistreated, and she has come to ask Cyrano to protect him. He promises and she thanks him for his friendship, and says the words he longed to hear, but not as he longed to hear them, that she always did love him. She goes out in a joyful fluster, saying Christian must write to her, and praising Cyrano's courage at the Port Donnelle. But Cyrano says under his breath that he has done better since. Moments later, Carbon, the cadets, and a clamoring crowd arrive seeking their hero. Lebray appears, too, saying the whole town is looking for him after his triumph. Strangers gather about him, calling him my friend, and Cyrano remarks contemptuously that just the day before he did not have so many friends. Lebray asks in a whisper what happened with Roxanne, and Cyrano tells him to hush. Then the Comte de Guiche comes with a message from the marshal, who wishes to express his admiration. As he speaks, Lebray asks Cyrano again what is wrong, and whether he is in pain. Cyrano replies proudly, "'In pain, before this crowd,' and he recovers himself, throwing out his chest. De Guiche asks if Cyrano is one of the famous Gascon cadets, and Carbon suggests that since they are all there— he introduced them to de Guiche properly. 
Cyrano then declaims the swaggering poetic presentation of the cadets of Carbon Castel Jaloux. At its conclusion, de Guiche says it's fashionable to have poets around one these days, and asks if Cyrano might join his following. Cyrano refuses. He does not follow. <laughs> 